Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You're here with your host, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. <laughs> that was a... Mark Garlic. Mm, yeah, it's like a radio. Um, hi everyone, we're back and today... Bonjour. We're going to say it in multiple different languages. Um, today we're talking about a subject which I think is probably one of the most common questions that we answer with clients um, via social media. Um, and it's that sort of uh, journey with understanding why your weight fluctuates um, and sort of like the scale weight and um, what to take away from uh, these kind of metrics. Um, and specifically talking obviously today, we wanna to talk about hormonal fluctuations because that's something which can make people I guess you could say, step back and think, oh my goodness, I've made no progress. Um, so yeah, let's, without a matter of going forward, let's go into it. Further so, ado. What? I feel like the topic of weight fluctuations is a very, very important conversation to be having because it happens on a consistent basis. The vast majority of times when your weight fluctuates, um, it some of the processes or some of the inputs are out of your control, especially if you're a female and you're having, like George said, hormonal fluctuations. So considering we deal with it on a daily slash weekly basis, I feel it will be good to kind of break different elements of what weight fluctuation is. And then George, if you can uh, give us, obviously, because I can't speak for hormonal fluctuations because I've never experienced the time of the month so i know i think it's one of these things it's... where i feel like people get really shitty about like men saying anything about hormones when actually like there's an, some exceptionally qualified and understanding men out there but you know it is one of these things where i guess i can speak from an actual matter of fact where i totally and utterly understand the psychology behind like what it can do to you and i think specifically you know this is in all stages of life obviously i haven't gone through menopause yet i'm not of that age but we have a lot of clients that are going through the menopause or perimenopausal or have been postmenopausal and are, are navigating that stage of life and i think weight fluctuations really only become relevant when you're trying to lose weight like mm. most time you're not going to be weighing yourself regularly if you're not trying to see some sort of progress well unless well, perhaps you have a potential mental issue with weighing and potentially you've got a bit of a problem with it and you're weighing yourself daily, but that is quite a rare anomaly to see, you know? And, and so I think where it can go wrong, I think with weight loss specifically, is that if we have a client that comes to us and says, I want to lose weight, I want to change my body composition, and I want to build a better relationship with so and so forth. And I want to come on stronger and all of these lists and goals and stuff like that. And we say to a client, okay, well, if your goal is to lose weight, you're not going to be doing it rapidly. You know, you're going to be doing it in a sustainable manner in order for you to actually be able to adhere to it and then not see that weight regain. So where weight fluctuations become a little bit of an issue is the fact that naturally speaking, if you're not doing it rapidly, say your starting weight is oh, top of my head, 75 kilos, okay? And you want to get to 65 kilos because that's where you feel like you're going to be comfortable. Naturally speaking, we're going to put we're going to put you in a deficit, but not a huge one, which, which sees you at eating maybe 
on average between 100 to 300 calories below your maintenance individual dependent. Now, that sees you potentially at a loss of about 0.25 to about half a kilo a week, depending on the day, depending on the lifestyle, so and so forth. So when you have a weight fluctuation, and potentially it's hormonal, or maybe it's something else related, and you're trying to lose weight, and you've only say you're at the start of your journey, and potentially you're a month in, and maybe you've seen a loss of a kilo, maybe you've seen a loss of two kilos, maybe you've seen a loss of 0.75, okay? And you've worked really, really hard to achieve that, you've been ticking off all the things that you wanna do, uh, and then you step on the scale, the weight's fluctuated because of a hormonal time of the month, and suddenly you're literally back at square one. And it's, it's very hard in those situations to be like, what, have I just done for the past month, it's not working. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very relevant for me because I mean, I have a complete change of mindset around my period, like it's hard. It's very hard because I am an incredibly determined individual in I guess what I do, not only with my training, but my nutrition and all the rest of it. And I guess it's one of those things because I run my training, for example, via a logbook, and also my you know, body composition is being adapted as we speak and all of this, you know, you do come to the point around the time of the month where you're like, I've got to reach that because I've done it before, I can't not do it again. And, and it's really hard when you have that kind of mindset to then be like, shit, I'm now technically, I would probably say 30%, mm. like less, mm. like capable, mm. not capable, but like mentally, physically, mm. you know, I don't have the energy to get to that 100% or 110% that I would usually work at. Mm. And so I, I'm very hard on myself around the time, you know, to be able to still reach those numbers without nearly passing out in the gym. <laughs> I did mm. it today. Um, but I think, you know, it's very important because as we come back to like weighing yourself, mm. like when you weigh yourself, for example, mm. you've got quite a good relationship with the scale, would you say? Yeah. I would say so. But do you um, think that's come down to the fact that, you know, you spent a long time detracting your self-worth from the scale and instead seeing it as a metric where you understood mm. processes were going to happen, but mm -hmm. as long as those trends yeah. were heading in the right direction, there was nothing to be really concerned about. Plus, also, you did the learning of weighing yourself every day, which... I mean, I just yeah, totally I contradicted myself at the, the start. But... No, but it's slightly different because, again, when you don't have an emotional attachment and your the processes and your application and your adherence rides on one metric solely mm. that's when people start to fall to pieces when they don't see the forest for the trees and all they focus in are, is the scale weight and when again that doesn't necessarily represent the effort that they put in then that then it starts to impede consistency adherence application so on and so forth but being um coming from a, a competitive bodybuilding ba uh, background you just see it as a tool uh, uh amongst many other tools to measure your success one being training one being body fat uh, calipers or percentage, one being your, your, your improvement in your form and technique and all the other different metrics, consistency in your nutrition and having a nutrient-dense diet. And there's all these other things that you learn to focus on outside of just putting all of your eggs in one basket with regards to just weighing yourself and 
you know, attaching your self-worth to whether the scale number goes up or down, essentially. Yeah, I think it's, I come, if I speak from my, my own personal background of like losing a lot of body weight, I have to say like I was actually, and I still am a bit weird about the sort of terminology that was kind of floating around our industry of like the scale weight doesn't matter. And I was like, it does, because when mm. you are sat morbidly obese and put in a context, like I was incredibly unhealthy on a number of different mm. scales, you know, that scale weight and my BMI, which people are like, that's so inaccurate. Yeah, it is inaccurate in the sense of body composition because nobody's mm. got the body fat ratio to the muscle ratio and stuff. But if you are going to the doctors, which you should mm. be going to to lose weight, please come somewhere else, don't go to the GP. Um, you know, you're going to the doctor, they're going to weigh you, they're going to put you against that metric. And naturally speaking, the reason you're going to the doctors is because you want to lose weight. So if your your BMI is kind of relevant then, because naturally speaking, you're probably not in the best position mm. in the first place. So then BMI does become relevant. And I think, you know, no when, not when you're a bodybuilder or when you have body mm. compositions that we strive to achieve on a day-to-day basis, does BMI have any kind of I think, yeah, position? But to... I do get very sensitive about people being like, well, fuck the scale, your self-worth is more mm. than that. It is, absolutely. It fuck, fuck is your scale. No, Nobody is, gives a fuck is, what you weigh. It depends on the context of the individual. If you're a healthy weight and you don't have excess body fat, then by all means, discard it wholeheartedly. But if you're sitting, you know, 40% body fat 30 percent body fat uh, in, i'm gonna correct you there i'm gonna put very you a little hard bit, di- in very what high happens when somebody's relative. at a healthy but now this is when mm-hmm. again we can have the argument where i am working with clients for example at the moment mm-hmm. who naturally speaking are higher are at a healthy body weight for their height mm-hmm. um and for what their structure is mm-hmm but have a very high level of body fat because they have zero lean muscle yeah. tissue. So body composition it, it I, does I, when, then... Yeah, I take, let's assume that that also... Because again, you can be a healthy weight of, let's say, 75 kilos, but still be 45% body fat because of the composition Absolute of your composition body. of your body so i think it, it does it, but the thing is though, like measuring body fat like is something which i feel like is so inaccurate like the scales you step on yeah, is, is inaccurate yeah, no, but it can create a trend yeah impotent scales are definitely inaccurate but again not nothing apart from a dexa scan or an mri yeah. is going to be you know as accurate as possible but if you do caliper tests and all these other forms of uh, quantification of body fat you can get a relative um estimation of your body fat levels within a couple of percentage yeah i think you know it's not it's and but i also think you know depending on what your goal is like i would be something i would be at somewhere a position where i would be measuring body fat than i Mm. would be measuring my body weight because Mm. mine is about body composition which Mm -hmm. means like i obviously want a higher ratio of muscle mass to fat but if you're very overweight or you have got fat Mm. and you're not in that position Mm. then I wouldn't even say that body fat is a metric you should even be going off at the start because it's just like it's not going to be positive to be quite honest with you you're not going to feel great about yourself Mm. you know how people are so warped on their body fat but the thing is like again recent very recent studies literally coming out uh, two weeks ago quantifying health at every size and the reality is is when they do a cross-sectional study of multitudes of different individuals that are classified to be in excess 
uh, weight or body fat or you know they fall into the cat you know the category of health at any size realize that yes there are metabolically healthy people that are overweight but the percentage of that people in the grand scheme of things is like one percent so the vast majority of individuals that are overweight and have high excess amounts of body fat are unhealthy and Mm. that is quantifiably you know very very accurate when it comes to that and the perception of I know it's fine, you just have to feel happy in your own skin. To a certain degree, I agree, but then you also can't ignore the massive elephant in the room, which is you are overweight and it is going to have a detriment to your health and Mm. your fertility and your quality of life and your mental health. So when you do, if you do, bark on a journey of self-improvement, then the scale weight, the metric, has to go down. Yeah, and you know what, you know, it, I, I, again, I say that like, you know, if you've, when you go through a fat loss journey, depending on how, if you're thinking sort of 15 kilos, do you know what I mean? That's kind of like a, that's, I mean, it's a large amount of weight, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but let, let's say that's an average, do you know what I mean? You know, when you're talking about, um, you know, large scales of weight, so put into context, mine was about, about 65 kilos of body weight you know, there are elements where, number one, I'll be honest, like, I remember seeing, like, tags next to my name as, like, at GPs as to, like, what I effectively was branched under, like, at that age in the sense of, like, health and well-being, and it was fucking below, like, the scale, like, it was, Mm. it was like, this is, this is a problem, you know, and I think sometimes you have to come to the reality on like a fat loss journey that, you know, if it is a great big one, do you know what I mean? Mm. Then, you know, scale weight has to come down, but there are going to be different phases in your journey. Like Mm. we have taken clients through vast fat loss journeys, body weight journey. In fact, let's say they've lost a lot of weight because Mm. we can't always say that it's just body fat in a Mm -hmm. sense, but we have taken clients through very large journeys. And then there sometimes has to be phases where we try and work out the new normal. You know what I mean? And that new normal has to be figured out. Mm. You know what I mean? Otherwise you're just ending up shortchanging yourself, your metabolic rates on the floor. Do you know what Mm. I mean? And then you end up where a lot of the time people attack a number, don't they? All the time in weightless journeys. Oh fuck the scale. You know what I mean? Attack the number, attack the number, attack the number. I see it happen frequently where nobody does the mental work they get to the end of the weight loss goal they psychologically can't deal with what's just fucking happened because they're like how have i even got here because mm. i've been so focused on the result that then they end up effectively regaining it you know a year two mm. years later because mm. they haven't psychologically actually done the work to get the, to the position mm. because they've been so focused on i need to be less fat i need to lose weight i need to lose weight and so for yeah, us as coaches it's so important like in in yeah. in especially even the nutritional element but the mindset even more so Mm. to just not put people in that position where they ever get that low so Mm. we have to take you know if you're on a large factor you're in phases you know yes you've got to do a large part Mm. of losing fat which is going to require you in a deficit and a number Mm -hmm. of different input and outputs you know um Mm -hmm. being modified throughout the way but you know it is going to come to a point where you lose a lot of weight and then we have to go right well where are we sitting now do i mean and where can you comfortably Mm. maintain this you know if you've dropped 30 kilos you need to then learn how you're going to you know carry on with that 30 you know what i mean because it's a change so much as well from that 
mm. from that because uh, as, as soon as you get physically smaller, your energy requirements reduce. So if there hasn't been the requisite work on your habits and your lifestyle and your environment, then mm. it's just a rebound. And the thing is, like, the more we consult with individuals on a day-to-day -day basis, everyone's got a, a successful weight loss story. Uh, and it's it's predicated by the industry where we just – are weight loss at any cost do you know what i mean like look at uh, the likes of uh, ozempic or the likes of gastric bands or the likes of juice diets or cleansers and all these things it's all just predicated at looking uh, prompting this individual to lose scale weight at all costs what but the reality is is again not all weight loss is good, is yeah. equal um, and there has to be a level of, of adjustments with regards to your self-care habits. Otherwise, it's, it's just a never-ending cycle of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. Losing or, weight. I mean, like if you look at Zempic, actually, it's the opposite. Now there's a problem because people are losing weight. But, you know, what that drug does to you is effectively minimizes your appetite you yeah. know that's the whole thing it it, it plays with the chemical messengers mm. in your brain you know I, sending I, you to I, say so so actually but, you know the, the metric you know actually we're now on the other scale you know where people are coming out going my question is do you not think for some people that just should be the case though do you know what i mean like there are you know m much are there people that have you know addictions to gambling and addictions to recreational drugs and addiction to working hard there are some people that will you know statistically be more uh prompted to resorting to eating um as a form of X, I think the percentage X, y, is getting Z. higher and higher. So do higher, you not though? think that sometimes just nipping in the bud so like maybe some people just not eating full stop is not a bad like what's worse, essentially? I don't know, because I think your quality of life is dog shit. And I would never want somebody to feel like their whole life was... You know, food mm. is so directly linked to enjoyment, experience, you know, pleasure, you know, you know, memories. Well, what happens if you've got a problem with it, though? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think there's different scales. And that's why I've always said that I still am in agreement of certain elements of interventions at the clinical obesity scale. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not against that. I'm not oh, against no, somebody going no, in not for that. a gastric band that's on the last, you know, they're on yeah. their last part, you know, but chance. Not, yeah, but what but, I'm trying to get at is like for the, some of those individuals or it's not No, because I don't believe thing, that just sitting it? there and just having no appetite and that chemical messenger imbalance mm. in your brain that's caused is going to make you any way happier so sure. yeah cool you oh, sit yeah, there and you're like fuck true. i'm not hungry but your sh your life is shit you're you, you're unhappy you're probably depressed because that's mm. what the drugs also link to is a number of different issues psychologically it has an impact on and mm. so i think if you come back to like putting all your self-worth on the scale then obviously you know the problem is is that Weight loss is such an easy thing for for anybody to market, I think, you know, and that that's also an issue in its mm. own right, because, you know, so many people also I've got so, since social media has developed and stuff like that, you see so much more of people's metrics, don't mm. you? And mm. so then for you're sure. always directly comparing to the fact of like, why do I not look like that? Why have I not seen that much progress? And, mm. you know. I always say with clients that like, you know, are looking to lose weight and, you know, we take, you you know, take through a process of like losing weight, that there are going to be times where like, you know, that scale weight really matters and when it doesn't matter and like suddenly we take you into a different phase. But mm. the reality is, is I think if, if I think your self-worth is not reliant on a fucking number, I don't, uh, but 
that doesn't mean that there's no like yeah, there's, there's no, no yeah, yeah. Uh, value to for it. it. Like yeah. you um so but again, you know, people listening to this, there'll be a need for you to weigh yourself and there might not be a need for you to weigh mm. yourself. You know, it very much depends on, you know, it's not to say that, oh, you've got to get yourself on the scale every week, otherwise you know, nobody. But I say this to a lot to, you know, if we talk of body recomp clients, now this is a process which I think a lot of people need to understand more. Mm. So Body recomp, it's a funny one, in my opinion, because I personally believe that most general population want to see physical progress. If they don't see physical progress, the motivation's not going to be there to continue anything, okay? And that's what we have got to as a general population. Like, if I don't see anything coming from this or any reward, I'm not doing it. Mm. And so... I think with body recomp, a lot of people have latched onto these wordings of body recomposition. I'm doing a body recomp when actually what they're expecting is fat loss. They want to see lot. They want to see a losing weight. Mm. They haven't actually come to terms with the fact body recomp is effectively sitting within potentially one. Well, roughly the roughly same, the same yeah, weight. Roughly. Let's say you could go up by one kilo. Yeah. You could be the same, or you could be what you know what I mean. But your body composition, your, you know, you could be, if I looked at myself, if you weighed up, if I physically showed you this, which I probably won't, you know, maybe at one point, you know, my body composition at the, you know, I've been the weight I am now, do you know what I mean, before. Mm, but true. if you see what my body composition looks like now, the same way, mm. it is on another scale of opposite Mm. like so you know they're you know again highlighting a body recomp that like you're not expecting to see scale weight i don't weigh myself frequently Mm. i have to go off the metrics of what i look like how i perform and also where i'm building muscle to be quite honest with you that's what i keep my metrics off but a lot mm. of time people are latched on to body recomposition as being, I need to be like that because I want a toned physique. But actually mm. their expectation is I want to lose weight. And so when you take body recomp clients on, mm. one of the biggest hurdles we have to face is, oh my God, you know, the scale weight hasn't gone down. Do you know what I mean? You know, I haven't done this. I've weighed myself. I haven't done that. You mm. know, And they completely eradicate any other kind of progress, mm. whether that's physically, performance mm. in the gym, you know, all these things. How funny where... is it when, sorry to interrupt you, but how funny is it when we have sit and consult with clients? Funny. All the, you know, you go, okay, what goals do you want to achieve? And you have a whole 60-minute or 45-minute consultation about, you know 15 different goals and then you're six weeks into the process and they're like i can't believe i haven't lost any weight and you're like hold on a second that we never even not... discussed that but also that's the expectation that you can reach a body a body recomp like can i just put this to fucking rest building muscle has is one of the hardest goals to achieve you can exercise your body in the right way and be relevant with a protein target and you will maintain or have a little bit of lean muscle, okay? But if you want to have substantial amounts of muscle mass, that is a whole different ball game. Now, a lot of people mm. think that a body recomp can be achieved in a matter of a year, but yet their goal is fat loss, for example. Mm. Like, mm. You, for you to, like, be in a body recon phase, you need to be willing, do you know what I mean, to, your training has to be hectically more advanced, do you know what I mean? You need to be really dialed in on your training to actually build relevant muscle mm-hmm. and to be able to maintain it. And, um, you know, then you can be in a position that when you want to strip body fat or you simultaneously are doing it, you're also seeing this 
progress. But if you're so mm. focused on the fact that you've got to lose fat, don't think you're ever going to be in a position mm. to body recomp because it's, it's so slow. It's also it's two so very slow. different uh, so, processes. One yeah, absolutely. Is, one is requiring an almost like a negative energy balance and one is almost requiring a positive energy balance. So you're getting pulled in two different directions. Like, like there is body recomp to a certain degree, but when they, again, when they quantify everything with, uh, scientific, uh, scientific studies they find that the vast majority of the body recompositioning where people are simultaneously losing body fat and building muscle mass are predominantly in people that are fresh beginners that have never lifted weights in their entire life and take the unique adaptive uh, homeostatic response of muscle hypertrophy for the first nine months where you literally are like going into a growth spurt and then as soon as you start to move out of beginner into intermediate into advanced that's when you're then not seeing the the instant gratification and that's when you're literally quite literally training for 12 months to put on for some people two kilos of muscle, bo- yeah, muscle three yeah. kilos of muscle for 12 months in the whole of and that is grinding your sets out that is chasing your logbook that is prioritizing your sleep that is hitting your your nutritional targets and your macros and being super consistent nine times out of ten to literally get two kilos out at the end of them uh, at the end of the I would year. even agree that it's not even nine out of ten times I think it's ten out of ten times because yeah. like we know and obviously have having mark obviously been in like that uh, element of like competing like if you put that into context of like the amount of muscle that a bodybuilder would have to build oh, do you know what I mean please. that I know females that are enhanced females so that means taking performance enhancing drugs which will go through the most not hectic but like intense you know in the sense of training you know they've got everything ticked and they won't even put on more than about 1.5 to 2 kilos of muscle in like a whole build fat and they would have put on in the process for example their natural body weight might sit at 65 Mm. or 60 and they'll be up at 70 they're uncomfortable it's it's uncomfortable getting there Mm. and that's why i don't think that goal is relevant for general population but then people need to understand also will assume that when they start lifting weights and not necessarily quantifying their nutrition and their need and all that things and it's you know start to expend more energy so recoup the energy by uh, you know whether it's conscious or subconscious feeding their weight goes up and they're like oh i'm building muscle yeah i've put on three kilos in the first in my first month of training this building muscle is ridiculous how many times men or women say oh, i build muscle really fast oh my and god it's like, oh my god that's probably one oh, of the I most wanna, common things i don't like want to do weightlifting because i'm scared of getting too bulky if you've ever if those words have ever come out your mouth that is the equivalent of saying i'm too scared to invest money because i don't want to be become a billionaire Mm. it's the same it's the same principle but also i get i get really if i you know what it's probably because it's a person i get really i'm very protective over resistance training. i'm very protective over strength training so i because i firmly believe that it will completely change somebody's life body composition the way they feel about themselves and confidence i fucking think that strength training is 
amazing and so I get really annoyed when mm. people like do say I get I mean I've, I've literally dealt with so many times throughout my career mm. where people are like oh no I build muscle too quick no we're not going to do because I, I am I'm going to build muscle mm. so quick I'm going to be bulky oh. I'm like this and I'm like this oh my god no. I wish I was because if you'd actually no. seen how much fucking effort no. I put in like no. literally I'm almost vomiting after every single set to literally try no, and change my body you sound ridiculous Mark I don't fucking vomit after every set you are so That's ridiculous Oh, no, let me just put you back in your fucking box. Let me just put you in the box. No, like, no. We didn't. Fuck off, Mark. You've never, I've never seen you once vomit from training. Okay? Oh, Sean. Sean's okay, what, once when you were 16? Do you know what I mean? Just get a grip. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't be training to vomit. That's stupid. Counterproductive and let's move forward. You've got to... But that being said, if you're training, you know, we come back to body recomposition. If your training is relatively very in- intense, you know, and you even if you're giving yourself adequate amounts of recovery, you know, what you're trying to achieve in in, in training is effectively tearing muscle fibers. It's, it's putting your body into a state of inflammation, otherwise you don't grow muscle. So you've got to expect that that scale weight, for example, is going to fluctuate. The only reason scale weight is relevant in body, in body recomp is to just make sure it's staying within that range because mm. if it's not, then likely it is. If it's going up and up and yeah, up, then that's just, body fat. Yeah, because you're just, yeah, if you're just going up week after week after week. But I think a lot of time body, body recomp is completely merged into, I'd like to reveal what's under this body fat. That's literally what... I feel people think body recomp is not. It's like, okay, hello, I've got X amount of body fat, I've got X amount of muscle, I need to adapt that so I've got more muscle, less mm. body fat. Mm. It's mm. not, I'm going to lose all the body fat and just see what's underneath that, because that's fat loss. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many people are like, I'm recomping. It's like, no, you're not, you're losing body fat. <laughs> that's what your goal is, because recomping is that element where you don't necessarily see a loss really anywhere until you've chipped away mm. constantly at the intensity of training, you know, and, and, and picking up all of the other elements in the sense of nutrition, protein, and so forth. Mm. And I feel like, you know, when... I mean, the key is not to lose body fat through a nutritional dense uh, negative uh, energy, energy balance. balance. It's simultaneous. It's to increase your muscle mass, which will then increase your basal metabolic, metabolic rate, rate, which will then impact your total daily energy expenditure this idea is not to necessarily aim to lose body fat it's to build as much muscle as possible are you just talking based off body recall yeah yeah it's to build but i would agree i I have to say that like i don't see people view it like that no of course not definitely not i feel like body recomp is like oh hello i've just it's all about it's all about losing body fat that's like that, this is what I because just don't you understand. could literally like us and this has happened to us in ad nauseum you could sit down with a person and talk to them until the cows literally come home and they will still chase the scale weight scale downwards, weight yeah regardless unless it is you know you're 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 a bodybuilder and you're literally you know in an off season and you're trying to put on weight or recomp or whatever you know those kind of individuals where it's it's all aesthetics but whether the general population like to believe it or not whether it's conscious or subconscious there's always going to be a narrative I of i need my weight to go down and when my weight goes down i'm really happy 
Yeah, and when but, it goes but, up, but, I'm really sad. But I think that also, like, when you step in the scale, like, and perhaps it hasn't, you know, or it goes up in a fluctuation, there's that immediate response of, like, I feel fat. Do you know what I mean? Do, Even if you don't can, feel fat and I, you've just stepped on the scale. Do you think the, the reason why, um, just try and quantify this for me, but do you think sometimes the reason why there's such a negative connotation towards a fluctuation going upwards is, Maybe I'm not saying all the all the the time, but it is um, relevant to or a reflection of that person's actual application and adherence. Um, because then it depends on what it is. No, because I think if we're talking about fluctuations, like if the consistent, like because if the trend, we're not talking about trends going mm. up on things and adherence here. Mm. Because I don't believe that that's two and two. That's not okay. two things combined. I don't. I don't okay. even think that that's something that. No, I'm just, uh, not necessarily. No, because obviously, if somebody's that's a different story. That's mm. like somebody's not adhering to things. Their scale weight's going up, but they think it's a fluctuation. You mm. know what I mean? And they can't. Okay. But then, but then, if you had a coach or you had somebody guiding you, a professional guiding you through this, that mm. would have been pretty much nipped in the bud. Well, I bloody well hope so. Do you know what I mean? Depending on who the professional was that like if your scale weight was dramatically going up and your goal was to lose weight, that there would be something not quite right or adding yeah. up with adherence. But with a weight fluctuation, I mean, I think I would say that with weight fluctuations, like there's so many, you know, you said that like, you know, most people chase a fat loss goal, do you yeah. know what I mean? I think that's because like general population is not asked. Mm -hmm. Like our, like our, like our, my goal is not, is not general population yeah. goal. My goal is something which is, um, more advanced. Do you know what I mean? Because I've got the time, I have the lifestyle, I have the knowledge. I also, you know what I mean? I'm a professional in the industry to create that. You know mm. what I mean? And I think sometimes it's just about getting people to a healthy body weight, no matter mm. whether or not they've got anything really that, you know what I mean? Lean mustache or whatever. So, so then I say that, because why would they care what they look like, like really muscular or really, you know what I mean? Because I it's not it even comes real, things... It's relative to the individual though. They don't need to be really muscular. They just had, need to have a relative amount of muscle mass for the person. But, the but let's be honest, like I would say, comfortably say that 80% of the population worldwide would not have that. No, but I would say more than that. I would say it's, it's very, very high. And, and But that's also synonymous with the rise in obesity and the rise in autoimmune diseases and the rise in all-cause mortality and the rise in all the, uh, you know, uh, reduction in life expectancy is because of the metabolic composition of society where it's not, it's not prioritized. Yeah, and, and in every way, every single day, I think to myself, I'm going to write to the government over this. Um, <laughs> because, you know... Because I was because I have conversations with clients who potentially come from med not them come medical backgrounds but mm. they might have medical uh, diagnoses back in the you exactly. know whether diabetes or like mm -hmm. weight um, like cancer or you know all of these things that are horrible to deal with. Do you know what I mean? That sometimes crop up in life and unfortunately mm -hmm. are cropping up in one in two people's yeah, lives. Yeah. So like, let's be fucking brutally honest. Who's which ones of us gonna get it? Is the question. Anyway, um, I commonly find that in the that the the narrative of medical 
that there is no there's no link between anything it's either that or this do you know what i mean there's no like oh okay if you have i don't know i talk Mm. about case study of a client literally right now if you've had thyroid cancer you've had your thyroid removed you put on thyroxine do you know what i mean and then you've been put on that for multiple years you know what i mean and then you get diagnosed like four years later five years later with type 2 diabetes and you're going to all these specialists going why why when I'm sat at a healthy body weight, do you know what I mean, mm. for my age, for my height, blah, blah, mm. I've gone through kind of, blah, blah, blah. why have I been diagnosed with type 2? Because everyone relates type 2 diabetes to being morbidly obese, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. When actually, it well, all comes... Well, not com- just morbidly obese, but just overweight. Because there are some... But I think in general are... terms, they always said in like medical programs, like all of those, yeah, like, yeah, do- yeah. That like, like it would the... be like yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. very overweight Correct. would get type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And yet so many other people of this, of younger age mm. ranges who are not necessarily overweight, do no. you know what I mean, are all now getting diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And why is that, Mark? Because of their body composition. Yeah, and and you don't think it's got anything correlated, but I've had clients who have gone to top specialists, mm. do you know what I mean, top, top specialists, mm. who have worked with cancer in the sense of thyroid removal, had no, absolutely was given no information no, as to how to manage that at all. None. How to manage your lifestyle, what to do with this, what, what to do with to your... your metabolic rate. Absolutely, when you get your thyroid fully removed, yeah. what happens, what is the medication you're actually taking? Yeah, how does it work? What how does, does it convert it... in your body to? Yeah, exactly. So you have a fucking understanding that you're not going to go and get diagnosed with something which is quite a significant thing, mm. you know, which you know, at a later stage in life with something where you're like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? How is that linked to that? And then you go to two different specialists and they still can't. Yeah. Still but can't like I told it you, every time I used to go to all the the leading physiotherapists in the world, literally used to converge and go to all these talks. And I was quite privileged to be able to sit on a lot of these conversations. And you have an ankle doctor who then you know, or an ankle physio that tells you that ankle's the most important joint in the body and that it controls the entire human movement. And then the next week it's a knee guy and he says the mm. knee's the most important thing and everything else is, is irrelevant and that it, it drives human movement. And then the next week it's the hip. And nobody is talking about, well, all these things are attached. So maybe <laughs> maybe the foot has influences the knee, which then influences the hip. Or the other or, way around. Or vice, yeah. or vice versa. And that essentially when we, you know, when you are boots on the ground, essentially, and you're working with clients and you can see it physically in front of you, or if this woman's foot pronates, her knee's going to then go into valgus and her hip's going to collapse. It's all tied together. So we need to then have a strategy that... Which ties it all together. Exactly. That ties it all together. And it's just... But the thing is, like, like George, so George has got, gone and had a consultation. This woman's super confused. She's going to the best uh, specialist that money can buy, so on and so forth. Georgia sits down, thinks about it for, you know, a day or two, comes back with a concise, this is all linked together, this is how it all works, this is how your thyroxine then converts into X, Y, and Z, and if, you know, these subsequent things are are, are not going to happen, then your conversion rates are going to struggle, the X, Y, and Z, and the woman's like, why has nobody ever told me this, and I've been to the best yeah, specialists, spe- yeah, exactly. do you know what I mean? And, and you know what, for me... I think the biggest empowerment in in it's a client is is quite it's embarrassing on the sense of yeah. the, the fact that like she goes and takes that to the specialist and they're like 
yeah, she's right. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, how, how did you uh, not fucking uh, on, on Remember on the other occasion when we literally had to like sit a doctor down in another country and explain to him HRT for women? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, actually, mate, you know, 2000 and, you know, 2023 is just called and we've got some updated data sets for you to, you know, look at instead of, you know, putting your nose into a book that was written in 1973. I know. But this is the thing. Like, I mean, we I would say that naturally speaking, my both myself and you are very like, oh, hate to say we're quite advanced in what we know and i don't necessarily always think that that comes from necessarily no, all of our sometimes. studying and our fucking all of the rest of it it comes from the fact that we have a huge amount of experience with things now we've had to know the knowledge before but we've also had to have a will to carry on seeing what's new seeing like changing you know changing the opinion based off of not because we're changing our opinion based off it's because the new data's come out and it doesn't fucking add up do you know what I mean and suddenly you're like actually we were wrong on certain things here because actually it's all coming out and emerging now and we're so lucky with the amount that yeah. is coming out but that what is coming out in research there is elements to say that again you always have to expect that in scientific research it's cited so yeah, it's it going to be carry. a very small group of individuals and it doesn't carry into practical exactly because the reason why especially when they do nutritional studies they found out that 96 percent i think it was 96 percent of nutritional studies were invalid because people couldn't adhere to anything so when you Mm. want to get the gold standard of a nutritional study what do you have to do you have to take x amount of people and lock them in a metabolic ward where you feed them like children exactly what they need to eat in Mm. in terms of the the studies because otherwise people literally cannot adhere to anything so like one of the guys that that we are uh we know essentially who was a sports scientist based in Australia was writing his thesis and he had 200 participants sign up to partake in his thesis, right? Where he was giving our free coaching X, Y, and Z to try and, you know, draw a certain conclusion. And of the 200 people that started, and this was free, like four people finished. I mean, I think it comes you. down so to, you, but I mean, not even talking about, I mean, we, we, we do go off on fucking tangents on here. I don't even know what, <laughs> weight fluctuation. Um, but the the reality is, is I, I, I physically am of the agreement the environment is the biggest dictator yeah. as to whether you're going to f- succeed or fail. Now, you can, as we always say, you can be given everything. Do you know what I mean? You can be given everything. You could be spoon-fed it. You could be literally... If you're not completely locked away, do you know what I mean? Your environment is going to come into play yep. at some point to affect your adherence. Mm-hmm. And this is why I always say that, like, say, for example, you have a lot of weight to lose and you are going, wanting to go on a weight loss journey, like, you're going to have to sacrifice, like, yeah. something in your environment. Yeah. And I will say, hand on my fucking heart, I lost friends, I lost mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And this is not something you're like, oh, God, that's ghastly. I hope you're okay. But I'm not a people pleaser to, any longer. Though. But that's and, what's And if they don't about. fit the need, the fact that you were very unhealthy, like, grossly unhealthy, you were seeing the absolute detrimental impact of what everything, everyone was doing but you were the one that was really on the back foot you hit something on the head the other day which i think needs to be spoken about is especially when the environment is 
a group of like-minded people roughly in the same boat that all then influence each other mm. to then go down or self-sabotage each other. So we had this discussion the other day when we were talking about it. I'd like you to please elaborate on, on what we talked about. Uh, well, thank you, Mark. I, thank you so much for passing No, because it was very profound and like a lot of people don't. No, but the thing is a lot of people don't see it though. A lot of people don't necessarily see that there could be ulterior motives or intentions, whether it's conscious or subconscious, for those people to then impact or influence your personal journey. Well, it's not, it's okay, first of all, it's not un, uh, uncommon, or I don't think that's the right word, what's the word? It's, um, uh, it's, not, oh, I can't, for now I can't think of the what word that's want, right what, to say on this. Well, like, it happens often or it happens frequently, infrequently? Yeah, yeah like, it, free, free, yeah, I say frequently. So like, frequently, in like report like psychological studies on individuals that lose weight and their environments around it effectively a lot of research and studies have effectively concluded that should somebody embark on a journey to what better oneself and be on an independent journey that their environment is naturally going to create or be jealous and it's actually completely proven in behavior traits of when somebody decides they want to achieve something that their environment then start to get uh, more challenging well nor in the sense of the fact that they get a bit a bit strange about it why why does somebody want to change or grow mm. so so you know what i mean growing meaning like growing in life not growing in my muscle but why why you know change for example when somebody says to you i mean i've listened to so many podcasts mm. but when people say, oh, you've changed, I mean, it just means you've grown. Yeah. Like, because you've grown away from perhaps where you were, okay? Yeah. Now, when it comes to your actual environment, and I speak absolutely honestly here, because I have done this before, mm -hmm. multiple times. I have seen it with your family. I have seen it with my family. I have mm -hmm. seen it with thousands of people. I have, like, navigated, you know what I mean, throughout the time. Mm -hmm. When you tell somebody that you, for example, you're overweight and mm. you're wanting to lose weight and you have a time in that journey where you feel like you want to eat something, you want to drink something, you want what somebody else might not want, okay? Mm. And you end up effectively prompting somebody to share it or mm. to experience Embark it with you it, yeah. or to to do it with you oh um oh i know i'm fine thank you i i don't want i'm i'm fine actually i'm not that hungry are you sure you don't want to share a sandwich do you know what i mean these are all things okay that subconsciously people are not aware that mm. people are doing mm. so it is prominent that when you set when you're overweight naturally you're going you would be eating a lot more than your average person Mm -hmm. Now, it's not socially acceptable, maybe in this day and age, actually, maybe it mm. is. But when I was very overweight, it was not socially acceptable to be sitting there and binge eating in front of people. No. And one of my biggest reservants, and when I used to binge eat, was always in private. I used mm. to hide things, always. I never liked eating in front mm. of people because then that was the reason they were going to say, that's why she's fat, because exactly. she eats so much. And I see this, I'm sorry to say, I'm, we've got to bring it into context, she doesn't listen to it. Your auntie Sharon, do you know what I mean? Oh, auntie Sharon. <laughs> Who I love... <laughs> 
is very overweight, mm-hmm. okay, and will... I've seen this in numerous situations where she doesn't like eating in front of people, mm. but she will secretly take food to then go and eat everywhere Somewhere else. else yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, you turn your back and then suddenly she's eating a lot of food, you mm. know? And these are all traits exactly what I did. So this is why I'm like, I'm not judgment of it. I think it's a very mm. natural thing mm. to happen. Mm. But you also want to bring people along with you. Mm. So if you're in a desperate need of maybe your emotion feels low, your self-confidence mm-hmm. and self-esteem is low, at that mm-hmm. point and you're reaching to food to comfort you and mm. potentially you're in the company of others naturally it would mean let's bring them in also yeah, because otherwise I meal. feel like a bit of a pig you know exactly. what I mean now have a whole friendship group do you know what I mean who are all overweight I, it's, I, I, listen, that's another it's, situation because yeah, that because it's all, is everyone just feeds into everyone else's desires yeah and everyone drags each other down into the same so that's why environment it becomes then everything needs to revolve around food every activity needs to revolve around you know drinking you know, going out, yeah. courses of this and that and we've got know, to do something that has food yeah everything has to be celebrated because everyone's in quotation marks a foodie and the reality is is it's just self-deprecating it's either conscious or subconscious you know self-sabotaging of every because like i don't like georgia said i don't necessarily want to sit here and binge eat by myself so i'm going to try and get as many uh, people uh, involved and you know having worked in the industry for numerous years and to dealt with people that are underweight will potentially go and don't necessarily want to eat but feel ostracized for potentially being underweight so they need to come across like they are constantly eating or involving activities with food will sit down literally order the whole menu. the entire menu for everyone to gorge themselves whilst they then push, push the food, yeah and and you know this is very i mean i we because as it, i said we again it makes them feel the better because they're not going to sit there and go well i haven't eaten all day it's, and a, all it's an element of guilt al- everyone has an element of guilt when you do something which is not what society thinks is right but so and so eats so much and i'm like well when you sit there and you think about it do they actually or do they Dish their food, you know. Oh, you know. Let's try and quantify comfortably what saying, they're I'm eating. sorry, Mark, but comfortably saying, like, because I've been in this position, I firmly believe that, like, when uh, I was completely and utterly oblivious, because when I went from a stage of, I'm Georgia, I might be very overweight, but I. I'm 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 normal right now. Do you know what I mean? To yeah. I'm have going to fucking binge because something's not gone right. You know what I mean? Or I'm gonna start taking heavy amounts of drugs. Or I'm gonna drink. Or I'm gonna. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was there was something linked in the fact that I wasn't aware. I used to say this to my friend. All of the friends that I was at school with, none of them were overweight. None of them. Mm. In fact, they were that athletic, teen, popular. Woo woo woo. And I was what I thought like a complete anomaly, even though we all had the same lifestyle. But because my brain physically couldn't understand that actually what I was doing outside of the time that I was at school or when I was around friends when I was growing up was the fact that I was gorging on thousands and thousands and thousands of calories and hiding it. And that was a part of my brain I hid, do you know what I mean? So I never then thought to myself, 
why is it that we can all go for a meal as like teenagers or like when we do it, you know what I mean? And, and they're, they're, yeah. they're so small and why am I so overweight? And that's exactly the same as what my parents did. You know, they saw that exactly. Yeah. George is putting on loads of weight. That's abnormal for her age range. We must take her to the top nutrition. And look, I was a blessed life. I have a, have a, a very blessed life. I'm not complaining, but top nutrition to, to try and find what is going wrong mm. because that part of my brain I physically couldn't be aware of. I couldn't mm. be responsible for. Mm. So I, you know, until my mum literally found I am talking bin bags worth of wrappers and stuff all hidden behind under the floorboards where I used to eat when I was like, when I used to binge and I'd go out and buy food. And I, I mean like any money I could get in pocket, I would spend on food mm. on the way. Yeah. I would purposely try and walk to school even though I fucking hated to go and buy food and I would hide it all. So when my parents were sitting there going, Christ, is our daughter like, is her thyroid being impacted? You know what I mean? Is something medically really wrong yeah. here? Yeah. There was just a part of my brain that could not be responsible for the fact that I was actually consuming excessive yeah, amounts thousands. of food. Yeah. So I think it's one of these things where it's very easy to not take self-responsibility when mm. you are overweight. And then you go and put yourself in maybe an environment that encourages that. Yeah, I was going to say, so what, give me an example of how the process would have played out if, let's say, the whole friend circle that, because obviously you were an anomaly. Mm. Uh, you were the, you know, the odd one out essentially. But what, how do you think it would have played out if all of you were in the same boat? I mean, number one, I'm actually concerned for groups of women and girls that are in that position right now. And I see it so much. And as somebody that has been previously obese to helping number of people, you know, through journeys and being so professional. So I'm actually concerned. Like I want to say that because every time I go out, whether we're in London working or whether we're out, you know, we go out, all I see is that. I'm like, there's groups and groups. And it's because obviously you're comfortable around each other True. because you're all there's effectively there's, enticing there's each other to do the same. It's exactly the same as when you've got you know, obesity in families, you mm -hmm. know, parents that are obese, naturally speaking, the children are going to be affected on one scale or the other. Yeah. So if your parents have got a poor relationship with food, yeah. naturally it's going to... So on my hand, my mum was ridden in diet culture, my grandma ridden in diet culture, and they, they had the opposite. They were, you know... Uh, let's think about being skinny and skinny yeah. and skinny. And I was the product of, oh my God, everyone thinks that I'm abnormal. I'm going to become fat. Now, but it's because obviously the environment you keep, I don't blame my parents for it. It was self-choice. It's also experience and all the rest of it. I've kind of got over it. But, you know, go and put yourself, I don't know, in a situation where like your parents are obese, you could then have a child that deals with an eating disorder in the sense of anorexia mm. because what they see with their parents is like, oh my God, their relationship's appalling with food. Mm. So mm. it's not just, you know, but all, most of the time you see this day and age, you see obese grandparents, obese parents, obese children, obese children of the children, the grandchildren, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that is a, fucking problem the fact it's that the obesity break, children's break obesity rate is skyrocketed like that's mm. concerning because you're bringing children into the world to be formed and developed and yet even by the age of nine ten they're overweight very yeah. overweight like and you know you don't really see that as being you know how do you stop that cycle these people are going into adult life with completely mm. Uh, like it, mentally physically you know not well mm. you know i so 
how does it plan out in in a group of very overweight individuals? I mean, it's going to be encouragement for one but of the other. But then I would assume I would assume be... that just and I don't mean to be cynical, but sometimes when it, especially when it comes to women, they can sometimes feel quite threatened by like you're saying a person that wants to then go through absolutely a form of, so uh, one of so for example so then, you take one so you've year. got a group of six individuals one person then is trying to action a better life do you not think again consciously or subconsciously that there's going to be some intrepidation from the other group members i don't think i know it's yeah. an absolute because like, then the, surely those people they see you or the, everyone's kind of sees especially in your court case saw you as the weakest link essentially yeah so then you know, everyone's at least better than Georgia. So then if Georgia's trying to improve herself, that then becomes quite confrontational yeah, and you why. for the I, other I, people I, who then... then. Yeah. Well, it's not that... I've never been like a... Lo- I've never been like a loner. Like, I, I had... Fr- I just chose I didn't want to be around them because... But the thing I is, like, how can you was... say that... Do you know what people a, a used friend... to say to me? I used to have... Ski- I have, used to have girls that were that natural... Just slim, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Slim. They used to say to me, oh my goodness, you're not overweight. Oh God, you look amazing, babe. Trust me, you look amazing. Oh my God, I can't believe it. You look so good in that dress. And it was fucking a lie. Yeah. It was so... Because they don't know what to do in those situations. They know, because behind my fucking surely, back, did surely I know? a person that, does, that, that self-sabotages you and doesn't look after your best interests and wants exactly you... Exactly the reason why you so lose like, friends. So, like, for example, the, the saying, misery loves company. Surely, then, like you said, that there needs to be a, a, a blinding realisation that those people probably don't have your best interests at heart and that you probably... But that is a horrible realisation factor because I always describe losing large amounts of body weight. And I think this is not down to losing five kilos, ten kilos. That's not psychologically really going to impact it. This, uh, like, substantial, yeah, substantial. I, I see it as a very, very lonely journey and you have to be incredibly willing to turn inwards on yourself and to have moments where you're like, Am I the only one that wants, you know what I mean? Yes, you are yeah. the only one that wants this. You know what I mean? Am I the one that's always going to be targeted for what I look like? Well, at the moment you are, do you know what I mean? You've had to, and and I say this, that the reason I have been successful in my journey is because I did enough mindset work in turning inwards and taking mm. responsibility. And that's one of the things that as humans yeah, we very much challenge to do. It's horrible. So, so... So when you say like losing friends or you know understand that these people don't have your best interests at heart, like yeah. I had relationships with people at there, they didn't have my best interests at heart. Yeah. I had friends, of course, but that that moment, it's like it's so. You really have to be as a human, like you know, like me, like you know what I'm like. Like I can be like, if I don't want to do something, I will not fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? And I and that's what you have to be like. You rip. It's a horrible feeling because you're like, I'm losing stuff because I'm losing weight. I'm losing the comfort of eating because I can't necessarily always go to eating. I need to find other things that, you know, I'm I'm losing all these things in my life. That's Mm. what it feels like when you're very overweight. And so when you go in your relationships is what you're holding these things to. And Mm. it's so hard to be like, actually, maybe these people are are not right for me. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they're not what I should be spending my time with if yeah. I want to get better. And I was so desperate to grow, like, and to get out of that and to be yeah. like, I can't I can't be like this. I hate, yeah. I can't see a future. I'm probably going to die in the next, you know what I mean? Because the way I used to abuse so, things was all the, or nothing. The, yeah, that's the thing though. It's like you are literally sacrificing your health. 
Like guaranteed, I probably would have ended up like if I had not have taken action, I probably, you know, I I wouldn't have been in any way, you know, my steps in life would have been very fucking different, and I would have been blessed with the fact that my parents probably would have taken me in and out of rehabs. That's literally it, because there was no purpose, and unless you're willing, and I've always been a perp, somebody that needs. I'm very self-driven, and I think you know you have to be quite self-driven when you you want to. And as I said, I have a very all or nothing mindset that I've had to work on in so many ways. Where it's like you can't you can't just you know nothing or all you know in every situation. But I do think that it's a horrible feeling. Like why is it that people are still in you know abusive relationships? You know, it's it's not the same in any way because it's, it's fucking not comfortable. It's horrible. It's horrible. But they can't step away yeah. from it because it's everything they've ever known. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And, or, you know, obviously if it's an abusive relationship, you've got absolutely the complete worry and fear and scarcity, you know, of yeah. the partner. But it is this, it's that element of like, why wouldn't you just, oh, he's, yeah. he's whacked you, it's he's done this, he's treated you like shit. Why of, don't you just leave him? Of, yeah, and why is somebody, why are you being with him for 10 years then? It's yeah. like, because you are literally scared to fucking death. Now that is another extreme and I cannot compare it to being, but it's this, it's the level of, you can't notice it when you're in it, but mm. everything in the fucking universe will tell you, do you know what I mean? So whether it means that like people start saying things, doing things, whatever, like you're then gonna start picking up that these people are not right. And can I be honest with you? Like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm a coach. <laughs> like yeah. I coach people through this. Like I fully believe that if you struggle with your environment, you struggle with not having that sounding board off of somebody, do you know what I mean? And you don't have somebody to like, to, to guide you then like a coach this is what mm. a coach is for to yeah. take you you know into those situations where you say I'm scared of doing this do you know what I mean I don't want to necessarily change but I need to change yeah. and you've got to be like it's fine do you know what I mean you've got to trust it you've got to trust you've got to trust the fact that it's all going to fall into play but I do think it's it's very it's much harder and I think you have to really as I say like with successful large weight loss you have to be willing to it's not even a sacrifice point of view. It's just the fact that you're going to have to be willing to to grow and to change and realize that you're and things are going to fall either side. That doesn't yeah. mean that you're worse a person. If anything, you're better. You've grown. You've stepped away from that. You've you know a lot of people in this world never change ever, yeah. ever. And you know when you come you go back to where you grew up and like I I I've never lived where I grew up. You know what I mean. I always was like right mm. move away like move country do here go and work here do everything but live there. So when you go back there or you see people, you know what I mean, you think, fuck, you haven't changed, have you? But in my mind, I feel like, you know, and you're like, oh, this is a bit weird. It's a bit town vibes, you know what I mean? Where everyone's the same, completely the same. Because a lot of the people don't need to vastly change. Do you know what I mean? Like if everything ticks in your life, do you know what I mean? And it just plods along. Why do you need to do a dramatic change? True. That is very true. So I don't think many people would ever experience what I would have gone through, to be quite honest. No, with definitely you. not. Especially at the age I was at the time. Yeah, for sure. Without but I do think, invite. I, I genuinely, I hand on my heart. Like I know this talk, this whole thing was about weight fluctuations, which I think we've definitely gone around on weight yeah, fluctuations. Yeah, gone fluctuations. But I, I think environment is is that honest. The, the honest truth of it, you know, and it's not just on an overweight scale, environment on every scale. So we, you know, we work with clients that are in sort of a wellness circle. Do you know what I mean? That's equally as fucking bad in the sense of influence, you know? Of like, course. Because they're all on the, oh, you shouldn't be doing this and you should be doing that. Paralysis and, uh, from analysis. Yeah, oh God, paralysis from yeah, analysis. My like, girlfriend said that if I eat E numbers, I'm going to get cancer. Oh, and, and you're like, like okay. okay. It's just... <laughs> 
Let's just let's just hold the horses unpack there. Unpack this for a second for you. Um, but you know, it is you know, it, I I I think and it, it it swings the same way with people that are essentially underweight. You know, when the, everyone gets together, uh, one of our clients went to a woman's birthday party, and all the, you know, skinny Southwest London mums all, you know, <laughs> sniffed a salad and didn't eat their mains or dessert, and like the only women that had working professions. You know, and kids were the only women that were literally, you know, having three square meals at the at the yeah, because they party. need the fucking energy to like keep alive. Yeah. But you know what I find so entertaining about yeah. those women is that they all eat like nothing, and then they all go and get filler put in their face to look like more like rounded, yeah. like because they're so hollow in the face because they haven't yeah. eaten anything and they've got no yeah. energy. Like the biggest thing you always find that when you're in an element of under eating is the yeah. fact that when you eat more, how much greater you feel. Yeah, literally. like literally, just in the sense of forget anything else, your energy levels. But, you know, I, I think environment is, is one of those things where I feel like people completely don't think it's... They, they don't even think that maybe their partner might be discouraging it. They don't even think that, you know, anybody would ever want wrong for them. But it's not the fact people are out there to get you. Most of the time, people don't it's fucking just care. They just sometimes. find it very confrontational that somebody's doing that and they're not. Yeah. And then they feel like they need to. And so then, you know, time and time again, it's like you know, when when I've done something, do you know what I mean? And then somebody's like, I'm going to do that. And I'm like, yeah. you don't fucking need to do it. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, how many times like, do you start training a lady and then she comes and says, oh, my husband started running or he started doing... Because again, it's it's just one of those things, one person in the relationship or one person in the friend group is... Is, is putting their neck out and actually wanting to make some improvements in the personal space. And people get envious about it. Because, and then, you know, but, you I, know we, I grew up not, not drinking alcohol, and that in its own right, coming from a society or a culture where a lot of people, all there is to do in Zimbabwe is to drink on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sorry, are you telling me you didn't drink in Zimbabwe? Should we get some of rare, your friends? No, I didn't. I, there were very... There, periods of my life where I went years without drinking and what did you it's have just in very confrontational like, like alcohol like, and weed that's probably about it yeah if you even did you if have you any smoked cocaine? weed no 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 yeah. cocaine I'm sure there was but it, it I'm wasn't. sure there was I should have found it like, it wasn't really like, mainstream no maybe it would have been more energetic like, yeah but it's just very confrontational people are like you're boring and like you know this and that and just do it. Come on, don't be boring. And it's it is very, very, very confrontational when you do do that. And but people... when you're so happy, you look. I am absolutely half the time. I look like I've been slapped in the face. But like, <laughs> literally. But I, I am myself. I'm very happy with the lifestyle that I live. Yeah. And I think if you're happy with the choices you make, no matter who questions it, if you go in the confidence that you're, yeah, and what, yeah. Then they're never going to question it. Like it's like it's it's one of those things. But I feel like when people are people pleasers, do you know what I mean? I feel like they're they're doing it because society's told them if they don't go out and yeah, do this and they're shit. Think, Who is society? Like I didn't realize is society well, a religion? That you're, I'm not oh, sure. If I don't do this, my friends not might not think I'm in fun or invite me places. Yeah, and, and then that's you've what got ends a question, you are like, with an overdose in a hospital. So, so do you yeah, know what I mean? That's I, being is brutally your honest. Friendship just based off you getting battered or you going and doing certain things because again that's not a very healthy friendship like how many times like i've had so many clients say how did you like manage like giving up drinking at such a young age to like now like and i'm like look i'm not like i never classify myself as a sober individual i drink when i want to drink which is hardly ever so I find it obviously when if I hadn't have married you do you know what I mean and we hadn't have yeah. 
come together, then I think my lifestyle would have been very different, like I've always said, because it would be. But I think it's one of those things where you're just very comfortable, like what difference does it make? Like, does it make a difference to you? Like, does it make a difference to you that I'm not drinking? Or is it because you feel guilty mm, that you're go. having a drink and I'm not? Mm. There we go. But do why I mean? do you feel guilty? That, why do you feel guilty that you, you feel, can enjoy something yeah, and I don't want to? Why are you feeling guilty about the fact that I'm not drinking? Because... That's human nature. Yeah, but but uh, and because there's a exactly there has to be a loss. negative connotation towards the action that you're doing. Charlie. Well, it's the same so. as like, do you want this cake? No, I'm like, I, I actually I've got you know I've got chocolate later. Do you know what I mean after dinner? But I'm actually mm. planned. I, I don't really want a cake at two in the afternoon. I don't really feel like mm. having a cake. Oh goodness, what are you doing? Dieting? Oh, do you know what I mean? Gee, oh, oh God, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Have a cake for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Here's the fork. Oh, I've ordered it's got you natural one. Sugar. It's got natural sugars in it. It's, yeah, right. it's good for you. It's good for you. You know, you can't have this restrictive mindset. Yeah. You know, it's this yeah. really unhealthy. Yeah. Okay, do you know what I mean? Who's worse off? You. Who is worse off? <laughs> you. Exactly. Because you just eat it in the cake because you're giving in to the fucking people. Yeah, and who who has to live with the demons when you when you've That's set out when said, you've like, set out to for self improvement and you really want to you know improve your quality of life and you're the one who's sitting with the demons after you've just gone and have a had, had a blown out for no particular reason it's just a random weekend that any you know yeah. given thing and you're then having to start from square one and you're then having to deal with the demons that you fucked up and you haven't achieved anything you're back to square one and so on and so forth and you just have to marinate with that negativity yeah, but nobody else does. Nobody All the else people that are is. affecting you, they're not worried. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Cares. And and you know, being really brutally honest, there are some lovely friends in the world and family, whatever. But yeah. n- not many people really do care. Exactly the same as nobody cares about your scale weights. They just judge what you look like. I'm really mm. unfortunate. That's the way that humans look at yeah, each other. Exactly. Oh, you look okay. Oh, you look Ooh, like a bit of a yeah, crackhead. You look I'll nice avoid in you. Your, your yeah. jeans. <laughs> yeah. You like, know, nobody's got got the scale out. Okay, how much do you weigh? Sixty six. Oh mm, wow! Did you know? that at 56 you could look better yeah. do you know what I mean what like the only exactly. times this was prevalent was like in the 19 fucking 70s when they used to have those scale weigh-ins or like weight watchers when they put you on a scale and be like oh oh yeah. oh dear do you know what I mean you haven't lost yeah. any weight what happens when you weigh people regularly they guess what cry. and all the weight watchers meetups were always in the evening and they probably would have weighed everyone after a full day of food oh yeah. Sandra you better eat the cheese watsits that are weight watchers not the actual watsits uh, yeah. God say Sandra like you know what I mean like you are a failure do you know what I mean come back next week and let's hope you've done better you know that's what it used to be like though like when I went to weight loss clinics fuck me they were savage like you know we're going to Asia this year we're going to Thailand this year and I said to Mark the last time I fully travelled Asia like I was morbidly overweight and I said that like now I'm coming in with a very different body composition Mm. I'm almost a little bit worried that people might be like even the opposite, but in Asia, like I, when I was fat, they wouldn't take me in a tuk-tuk. They literally be like, nah, too fat, nah, too fat, too fat. And I just felt so uncomfortable. And it's weird that like many years later, we're going to go back and hope that like it's, hopefully it's different. (laughs) But you know, people judge based off what you look like. Do you know what I mean? They don't do it. And look, you can't change that. How how it's would we ever nature. form a relationship if we didn't know what somebody looked like, like properly? Yeah, but it's human nature for us to judge people. And this is the thing where you're going against uh, evolutionary biology. Like you have to, 
the, the reason why you've got two eyes on the front of your head is because you're an apex predator. You should and be you observing. Need to yeah. observe every single thing in your environment and you judge people. That's why we've got first perceptions of individuals and we judge people. It's just you can't you can't necessarily avoid like that's it. why everyone judges a book by its cover, cover. Exactly. literally exactly. and so, so like when you shake hands with somebody like when whenever i've like it's natural like you know when you meet new clients mm. or like you know when we're consulting yeah, you know sussing each you other suss out. each other out like you know it's just the way that you know look up and one and down and just hope that like you know you're going to be mm. normal like but that's why people put so much value into people that are in shape because people are literally wearing their discipline true but again in shape is such a vast term yeah, isn't it in like yeah, what yeah. is in shape for some people versus other people like in shape for me as a bodybuilder yeah well let's but just that's say I'm let's like, just say uh, you know you're a, you, the top one percent for I'm any different shape i'm not an athlete i'll get that though. yeah but, <laughs> uh, no but i'm but not that's what, it's just very you know a person comes in they're they're in shape that for whatever relative reason they got lots of muscle mass they're relatively lean they got good mobility so on and so forth you're literally showing you are a walking advertisement for discipline motivation consistency that's why people put so much effort into and like self-worth into what people look like because they look at themselves and they go shit i can't even imagine what it would look like what it would feel like to look like that that person lives a specific life of x y and z which even is a product to of discipline, this day yeah. you will not nutritionally coach clients for years and they'll be like oops i ate some chocolate Ooh, don't judge me and it's, it's like, like this, what the fuck you know what I mean? it's like well we've it's gone like, through this so, so many, many times. times when i'm not a fucking teacher yeah, to I'm tell you teacher, off do you know what i mean like perfect, it's I'm exactly the same as you consult somebody and you're like right so can you just list your daily diet okay so i probably wake up and have like three almonds and i sip on a lemon yeah. And then I'll have a salad at lunch. Yes. And then yes. I think sometimes a salmon filler. Yes. And then I will go to bed hungry, crying. Okay. And it's like, get on the scale. Okay. But, you know, my, okay. Can you just tell me my quickly? My question to you is, why are you four stone overweight then if you're eating 800 calories a day? Because again, I come back to the point that I was talking about, not being able to be self-responsible for what you consume. Yeah. I mean, I come from a product of that, do you know what I mean? Like it's not, you know, you have to be responsible for what you consume and then be realized. Yeah. And again, realize that if you want help, you have to be honest. Exactly. Because otherwise you're forming a life that's fake. You know exactly. what I mean? You're completely forming yeah, exactly. stuff that's completely and utterly fake. Fiction. Nothing to do with you. It's all to do with what you want or what you yeah. think you should be like. So that's why honesty is the fucking best policy when it comes to to making change mm -hmm. because we're here to be the like okay be honest with us because yeah. we're here to guide you to get you to your goals mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and to make you feel better and what to is do all the of these... first step to aa you <laughs> hi my name's mark and i'm an alcoholic it's accepting the fact yeah, that, that you are an alcoholic yeah. yeah like and and that's so <laughs> and that's the true. reality self-acceptance yeah, yeah but i mean the thing is like not everybody sits and consults with the general population on a daily basis but when you do sit down with people that are excessively overweight and you try and and you're like okay well let's go through your daily consumption and they literally tell you 600 calories worth of food you're like and and what else yeah, I know. What, what, like, what else are you consuming for you to literally be? But I come back to the point where I had a personal trainer. I think I've said this massively before. Who was like my first like PT? He his his name was Andrew. <laughs> he used to have like one of those six packs that was like 
you know the kind of six packs this man have not like muscular like just like super lean he used to like put he like used to like ride his top up like halfway through the session just to like rub it in the mirror just to like I make sure <laughs> to, that like just to make sure you knew that he had abs oh he used God, to like make yeah. me run for fucking endless time anyway he would be, he was all about food diaries now food diaries have their place if you're good at fucking self <laughs> Yeah, if you're, if you're good just, at being responsible for what you eat, it's wonderful. Yeah, but there is something incredibly daunting about writing down what you've eaten when you're mm-hmm. a fucking overweight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember going in, and he was like, "Right, get on the scale." Oh no, we've not seen any progress. You're up two kilo. This is this is not good. Like what what's going? On? I'm like, here's my food diary. I'd literally just got like I'd literally just written it like as quickly as possible, mm. like apple, mm-hmm. cottage cheese. Do you know what I mean? Like crack it, like blah. blah. Yeah. And he was just like is this honestly what you've eaten? And I was like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was like, well, I would really advise that you actually go to the medical professionals then because like, you clearly walked on what you're doing because you're like, and I remember just being like that. What I'd had just eaten was like a panini, like two fucking chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. And I was there like, uh, I can't Uh, even remember what I've eaten because that's another thing. Can't remember. Do you know how many things no, that people like, eat? Genuinely, remember? not remembering is a very valid thing, but that's why you've got to track. You've got to quantify <laughs> it, though, because, because otherwise, it's like, no, I didn't eat that. Oh fuck, yeah. I just had a smoothie with like five hundred calories. Times I didn't do even think. You literally correct me when I say that. Oh my god, I haven't eaten anything. And I'm today. like, you've had like just a whole bowl of cereal with like hundred grams of cocoa pops yeah, and a fucking this. How have you missed that yeah, out? Literally, because you forget. You forget, and that's why you've got to be aware. Unless you're going to have three solid meals that you're going to tick off, and then that's it. Do you know what I mean? That's like because, but you know, it's natural to be like just forget. Like you know, the odd drinks you pick up or the coffee or whatever. Like you forget. Mm. You're like, oh fuck, I had a whole double like caramel latte, which will set me back like three hundred calories with full fat milk. You know what I mean? Literally. You don't think about it. Literally. So I do think it's obviously everything's about thinking, <laughs> thinking just being and present. honest, just being, being present yeah, observant and present. And I think you know, and having to deal with the very challenging things when it comes to self growth, because like if you're wanting to make really big changes in your life and want to live a different lifestyle, and when you close your eyes, you envision yourself living a different lifestyle, then unfortunately you're going to have to trim the fat mm. in your life, and that is losing people. You know, not socializing with certain individuals that don't have your best interests or, you know, cutting out people in your life or, you know, these are the, it's very, very challenging. But at the end of the day, it's like, whose life are you living? You're not living a conscious experience of somebody else. You're having to deal with your demons on a daily basis. And yeah, and I say, as I always say, like there's there's no point like, you know, yeah, you could blame your environment, but it's not gonna help you continually blaming unless you change mm. it. So, you know, the reality is, is it's the same as like, I could blame certain elements of the way that I was brought up or what was said to me or whatever as to being the product of like, maybe just staying yeah. put. But actually I decided that I wasn't gonna do that because I decided I'm not gonna blame my, all of my environment. I'm gonna have to take action somewhere if I want to be better. and I want to feel better but I think it is just like if we're going to bring it back round to kind of like um, end the podcast you know this is all very relevant to then understanding a process of uh, losing weight which today we were talking about weight fluctuations which I think really is only relevant when you're losing weight yeah. because you wouldn't be sad about it if exactly. you were trying to gain weight and the weight scale was going up mm. or you know you wouldn't be you know so it is a product of you know making sure that you understand that the uh, different influencing factors that mm. can obviously 
impacts your weight and also realizing that there's certain elements you can't change you can't control and so the best way of dealing with those situations like i say perhaps like uh menstrual cycles or going into menopause and stuff is is what can you control do you know what i mean what can you make better you know rather than going i can't do this this and that do you know what i mean i can't you know what i mean just understanding like you know i never advise any of our clients really to weigh themselves around their period unless it's like because it's just like uh, there's no point getting on there being annoyed when you've done so well do you know what i mean so best just give it a week it's fine nothing's gonna fucking you know a week in the grand scheme of things is nothing you know and I always say this it's like two things you can take away from this podcast is one nobody gives a fuck what you weigh the only people that care about what you weigh is if you've hired professionals to help you get that you know what I mean that number is then a metric Mm -hmm. and I think you know that's very important to remember but that doesn't eradicate the importance obviously of the scale and I'd say that you know two would be just to like make sure that you know everything that when you do experience fluctuations in a journey, when you look at scale weight, do you know what I mean? And you think I'm back at square one, I'm kind of, you know, you should probably also be thinking about like, if I want to know more and create clarity, I need to learn. And I think, you know, one of the best processes you can do with this is completely detract your uh, value, your value as a human, away from a metric, do you know what I mean? And actually learn how your body functions, a sense of weighing yourself on a day-to-day basis. If you are somebody that is getting like dramatically impacted by that one weigh-in a week, and it's literally causing you to change days you weigh in, or you know, try and like, you know, f- you know, because I, I weigh more on that day and I don't weigh mm. this, and you know, you're trying so hard for that one big scale weight, you know, a week, yeah. is start weighing yourself daily. Because you're like, it's actually fascinating, and in a non-obsessive manner. I don't advise that for those that have a poor relationship with the scale. That's something you work with. But if you genuinely want to get better with this relationship, with the scale then you need to learn the same as anything mm. you know you've got to learn the process and then feel confident in yeah, it yeah you learn so much about yourself when you track your weight every single day you learn why you fluctuate and much like when you track your food you get very 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 accurate at predetermining what the scale weight's going to do by your actions of the day before so I think if with I men go it's much easier. I do think yeah, with no, men it's much easier. That. So like I would say our male clients find it much easier to just like whack on the scale yeah, call. No, yeah. I think with women, you know, as I said, I wouldn't advise to weigh around a period. You know, we are again talking about weight loss journeys. I don't advise people to weigh themselves on a week to week basis if you don't need to. You know what I mean? It's not something. But if you are on that weight loss journey or you are wanting to see progress, then just give yourself the benefit doubt. But then also don't detract from it. So like if you are like somebody that's gone and fucking ransacked the whole cupboard because you decided to go AWOL over the weekend, do you know what I mean? And you got away in on a Monday. And then you're like, oh, I'm not going to do it because I know I do it. That's when you have to do it because that's about being uncomfortable and taking accountability. accountability for your actions. But if you are, you know that you've had, I don't know, like... uh, three hours sleep you've got a screaming child that you've got to look after you're on your period do you know, I mean? you know do i think jumping on the scale where you're highly stressed at what is going to give you any no. kind of complementary figure no <laughs> absolutely not and so then you have to say for fuck's sake like before this process of me wanting to lose weight or before this like this never mattered so much do you know what I mean so True. why does it fucking matter so much now like yeah. your life is really not dependent on a scale it really isn't like yeah. and you know 
I always say, like, people weigh very different things, different amounts. People always think, oh, Shields probably weighs less than her. It's probably not. I mean, it's all these factors and figures that nobody, you shouldn't, you shouldn't care about. Mm, but you should care about <laughs> in another one. <laughs> like, you should care but not care, you know, in the sense of... Depends on the context. Context, exactly there. Anyway, what okay, a wonderful a podcast. Wonderful podcast, <laughs> if I don't say so myself. Anyway, let's stop talking to ourselves now and hopefully this will be pumped on. We're going to have another conversation with each other in the kitchen. <laughs> in the kitchen, which won't be recorded. But yeah, we have so many conversations with each other a day. Yeah. It's absolutely And you had the audacity the other day to say, we don't communicate. And I was like, we, all up... we do is talk to each other. No, we talk about things with work. Right, we're going to bring this up relationship <laughs> therapy. I don't think so. Next anyway, one. next, next one. one. <laughs> Next one. Anyway, have a good week. We'll speak Bye. to you soon.